Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 166, episode 2 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, January 6th, 2021, a cool two weeks until January 20th. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, aka Zeitgeist. Daily Zeitgeist. What kind of takes on daily zeitgeist? Hot takes, silly takes, takes about Mountain Dew. High takes, stupid takes, even takes like fuck Fox News, oh zeitgeist. Daily zeitgeist. The takes are sack on rate. That is courtesy of official dickhead. That is, if you don't recognize that, uh, what's wrong with y'all? It is yeah. from the scene in Demolition Man where they're driving in the car and Sandy Bullock and her partner are like, ooh, it's my favorite song. And it's just a, a commercial jingle, a jingle. Uh, for armor hot day. dogs. <laughs> Yo, that movie. And then and then it's, of course, followed by uh, Stallone being like, somebody put me back in the freezer. Put, me in, like, put me in the ice cube. That, that's one of those movies that I feel like would be... If they had a different different actor in that in that main role, I feel like we we would view that movie a, a lot differently. What do you uh, mean, like, that better? Hold on, before I even do it, what do you like? You're saying Stallone is taking away from Demolition Man, or he's additive? Uh, just different. It, like okay, I think people let's, okay, viewed hold it. On. Let's not start the show. Like, let me do my AK. And then we'll, <laughs> people viewed and then it as we'll a slow movie at first. Okay, fine. I want to. I'll. I will raise this to the larger group when we bring the guest in. But please let me do my AK. All right, I'm thrilled. I to don't be doing I hate that the By my co-host, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Miles Gray. Oh shit! Well, the devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for some votes to steal. He was in a bind, he was way behind, and all his indictments were looking real. Anyway, that's a shout-out to the coked-out devils that went down to Georgia. Uh, Let me just play this real quick. When you're at a disadvantage, you don't take your ball and go home. You get out there, and you fight harder! Okay, I'm I'm reloaded! (laughs) Um, Yeah, sure. (laughs) Anyway, so all the devils are down there in Georgia. Uh, I mean, as of now, we don't know the results of the Senate runoff, but uh, let's hope that that backfired for them. Wow, that was Donald Trump Jr.? Yeah, that was just Yo. just summoning the power of the fucking Bolivian foothills. Every uh, in his voice, every appearance by him is like sponsored content for whoever his coke dealer is, because that shit is. Yeah, he's got he's yeah. got the the pure. Uh, he's like, look, well, you, I can yeah, I can have it stepped on, or I can get you that Don Junior scream fuel, <laughs> but you got to sign a you got to sign a waiver that if your heart oh, explodes, man. I'm not responsible. Also, that was from KFC Korean Fried Chicken on the Discord. Shout out to you. Uh, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the brilliant and talented Jabari Ali Davis. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Now that my gums are itching from that uh, clip. <laughs> Thank you for Tingling, having. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jabari, good to have anymore. you on. Yeah, it's great to have you, man. It's always yeah, another person who I, I interact with on Twitter. I'm like, why didn't, why didn't Jabari come on? I want to yeah. talk. What, 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 why are we talking, man? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am truly a member of your Zite gang, so this is an honor. <laughs> this your, is a Zite oh, gang, man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I posit this question to you, Jabari. 
What uh, of Jack's take on Demolition Man is Stallone? <laughs> wait, on. I'm sorry. So uh, wait, I'm just curious. Yeah. What, what were you trying to say? You're saying people looked at Demolition Man as a Stallone film, so this they were might dismissive just be a of me it. Problem. I'm a I'm a big Stallone head. Rocky, right. Rambo, like just all of it uh, from the '80s. I feel like that movie is. It got so much right about the future. It got a lot right about where we were headed. I'm getting choked up just talking about it. Uh, but it's, I just think it would be viewed like it would be studied more in film classes if it didn't have your uh, oh, Sylvester right. Stallone as the, as so the who, lead. Okay, but let's, who could have, who could we have swapped out to get people to take Demolition Man? <laughs> At least in retrospect, seriously, if it's not him, who was around that time? Bruce uh, Willis, like Bruce Willis, yeah, yeah, exactly. Although I don't even know, like, yeah, Bruce Willis would be the just like easy swap in, and probably gets less, uh, you know, immediately taken away from it, uh, just in terms of like national reception, but or global reception, I guess. But you know, like a Harrison Ford and like a Blade Runner esque uh, turn, okay. could have could have made sense. So, if we're looking at highest grossing actors from the '90s, right? Sylvester Stallone is number eight, wow. um, but like in the one through seven is Tom Hanks, Mel Gibson, Tom Cruise, Arnold, Harrison Ford, and Michelle Pfeiffer and Kevin Costner. Gibson makes so do you think- sense. <laughs> that's a whole but different vibe. Have- yeah, but then yeah. people have been like, no, nah, we can't talk about this trash ass movie. Yeah, that's, Mel true. that's true. <laughs> I, but his I, takes you- are, are problematic 90s takes, right? right? Like he's like, come on, yeah. man. Um, anyways. Uh, I ride for Mel Gibson is the point of that. Is is Demolition Man a Batman movie? That's the question. Ooh, okay. It it kind of is. So it's like, Mm -hmm. whoa. It's a trendy thing that people have been saying for you know saying for years. But you know, you have your joke. You have your Joker Batman. You know, kind of dynamics and wow. Mm -hmm. There there are a lot of parallels there. I love it. Yeah. Except Simon Phoenix is a style icon. And Absolutely. if there's one thing we need, it's more Batman movies, I would say. So I, th- I think we should just retro. Someone needs to remake it as a Batman movie, in my opinion. I remember just- wanting like a, a blonde flat top like Simon Phoenix, but my mixed hair could not get the curls tight enough to get that height. I could just get like Verizhao curls. You know what I mean? And I was like, damn, like I can't rock that Simon Phoenix. <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep it real with you. I had the flat top. I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the balls to go. You know, you had to go full to go weeks. meteor man with it. Yeah, couldn't do it. Yeah. All right, Jabari, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Up top, we just like to check in with where we were at globally with COVID. Uh, there were uh, startlingly four new COVID cases in New Zealand yesterday. Uh, still zero deaths since late September. And in Los Angeles, uh, where where we are, uh, one in four people have the disease. Uh, ambulance operators have been instructed not to transport people uh, who they don't think are going to survive to hospitals. Uh, hospitals are adding freezers to store bodies and not the vaccine. Uh, and most of the physicians I know who work outside of the emergency medicine uh, field are being taken off of non-COVID-related problems to focus on covid yeah, and then I just know people who are like leaving LA because if they had a heart attack, they wouldn't be able to like get care. If my kid fell and broke his arm, like I don't know what I'd do. Like the Should call Uncle Miles over. Yeah, just give him sort that shit out. 
Uh, yeah, that's fucked up. But yeah, yeah it's truly it's like bad. the the load management of our hospitals uh, is not something I think, you know, it's yeah, we're in that place. We're in the darkness yeah. has descended on the city. And it's the Wuhan that we saw uh, when it for when there was first an outbreak in China. And it's just um, it's inexcusable that it's like a slow motion. We saw that it was reported on. We knew what had to be done to avoid that. Uh, and I think the, the main thing that we've learned is how just like inexcusably indifferent to the death and suffering of its own people, uh, America is as a, as a culture. Um, so we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about vaccines. We're going to talk about the $2,000 checks, whether Joe Biden's on board. We're going to talk about, uh, conspiracy theories around, uh, the vaccine. Um, cause there's, there's some interesting detail there. We'll talk briefly about that Georgia just shout fest uh, where Trump called Kelly Leffler Karen accidentally. Uh, we'll talk about people fleeing cities. Uh, and finally, of course, most importantly, we'll talk about what Mr. Bean thinks about cancel culture. Uh, he weighed in. Oh, Rowan. All of that, plenty more. Uh, but first, Jabari, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? All right, so the literal last thing that I searched was the release for House of Dragons. I don't know if you guys were, you know, Thrones fans. Game of Thrones? Yes, yeah. of course. You know, it's coming out in 2022. Um, I'm finally over the pain of that final run of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> I, admittedly, this is coming from one of those, you know, one of those folks that pretty indignantly complained about the showrunners as though they somehow dishonored my family and disrespected my ancestors by any oh, things. Yeah, I was I was all the way there, you know, okay. as though, you know, as though I've personally done or pulled off anything anywhere near as great as those two did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's going to end up being a you know a good backstory for the Targaryen family. And I've officially nerded out right away. OK, and it's not Who's from a, the, it's not from Benioff and Weiss, is it or is it, it is? It is not. It all is right. Not. They're, they're so going to be busy fucking up the three body problem, which is a sci fi novel that I just read over the break. That's pretty dope. Um, oh, they're doing that. Yeah, they're doing. That's their next big project, and it's a dope How many, story. I feel like I keep reading them doing all kinds of shit, but I don't know which one is the one that is actually going to arrive at our eyes first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did they did they officially scrap that? Uh, you know, what if the South had won? Yep. Idea. Yeah. That, that yeah, was that a bit wild. <laughs> you know, you know, one of them's like, "Is this not the right time right now? It's not the right time right now." They're like, yeah. in, they're they're like they're caping for their idea behind the scenes. They're like, "Nah," but like it's good. You know, I Hold. get why people are pissed off, but like if they just saw the first season, <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever. They have good taste in other people's novels, though, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, House of Dragon, Targaryen origin story, gonna be a prequel. How, do we have much experience with prequel TV shows? I guess Better Call Saul, which turned out to be really good, um, even though I haven't watched it. I feel oh, like it's so good. It's so good. If you if you liked Breaking Bad, you're doing yourself a tremendous disservice to not watch yeah. uh, Better Call Saul. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes folks will say you know it's better than, but but the reality is it's just different. But it, yeah. in my honest estimation, it's it's every bit as great. Just you know, wow. just complete you know, you know just a different vibe. Uh, yeah, the stakes yeah, are different, if, but yeah, yeah. Learning um, the you know the depths that we, we will go, you know, to to seek you know our glory or just being petty and trying to smite our enemies. Mm. <laughs> it's just such a relatable story. <laughs> uh, 
finally watched Dave over the break, by the way. Your uh, your speculation that they're like, no, it's not the right time, but we we really have a good a good a good message behind this. Reminded me of the last episode of Dave, but that, that show was pretty funny. Um, oh, I thought you were talking about the Kevin Klein film. With finally Weaver. watched Dave, uh, <laughs> Kevin Klein movie. I know you guys were getting at me to watch it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> honestly, God, that's where I thought you were. You were with it as well, and I was like, no, a little the bit Hulu late to the series part. about little Dicky. Uh, uh, oh, that too. Yeah, but you know, because Ivan Reitman, you know, that we we were, we, they weren't fucking with us after that no. when they heard you didn't see Dave. Yeah, they were pissed. <laughs> uh, what is something Jabari you think is underrated? Right now, given everything that's you know in these times, you know, as you guys mm-hmm. will often say, uh, you know, continuing to check <laughs> on your people. Honestly, check on your yeah. folks that are struggling, you know, have been struggling or continue to go through it. Uh, part of me really worries about what the eventual long term effects, you know, of everything might be on all of our minds. But, uh, you know, my underrated is definitely checking in on the folks, you know, if you can, if you're at a place where you can do that, if you can be of support, uh, whether it's via phone or call or text or however you get down. Um I've recently been doing that, and it—I'll just say—it definitely you know, has been the perfect timing for some of the folks. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. I think yeah, we we have like this thing too, where we tend to look at the world like uh, we just tend to look at the world through like our own experience or like what our you know what we can handle, what our sort of thresholds are for certain things. And it's easy to think, okay, well, if I'm good, then everybody else is probably good. Or if I'm just kind of halfway there, then maybe everybody else is. But we're all very different, and we all respond to things very differently. And yeah, more than ever, uh, you really should, because I think we also have a problem culturally, especially uh, in this country, just across the board of being vulnerable, Uh, especially, you know, for, you know, cis men. Uh, there's a, there's a certain kind of masculinity that you've been raised with of sort of like, well, I don't, I don't need to make problems for other people, but you know what? Like we're all, we're all friends. We're all, you know, family we're, we all love each other. And I think it's important to remember that and extend that in as many directions as possible, because yes, people are in need of it, even if they don't ask for it. And to your point, I'm sure like, even if, even if a friend maybe not, didn't even tell you Jabari that that was the right time, mm-hmm. they may have hung up and been like, God damn, I fucking needed that. Or just to even hear yeah. someone's voice and be complimentary or just be like, hi, I care about you. goes a long way for sure. And then not only that, it's like, you know, just to piggyback on that, I think a lot of us are just tired. And I mean, why am I saying I think I know a lot of us are just tired. So we can lose sight of like doing things like that. We can lose sight of like, oh, maybe I should check in with my people or maybe I should, you know, you know be, a, you know, be a human being and have some sort of you know, human interactions. So, yeah, I just yeah. think this is the perfect time for that. That's something I had heard uh, like a couple years back, people saying that like if if it makes you tired, it's toxic or like disordered or uh, unhealthy for you. And I just feel like we're all in such an unhealthy place that we're all just like tired all the time now. Um, But that is like that is something that I've had to kind of force myself to come to terms with is that like even though I'm really tired, there are some like things that I can proactively do that make me less tired, like whether it be working out or talking to people or, you know, doing things that in the moment I'm like, fuck, I do not want to do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and doing things shit. Again, we were talking about, you know, how COVID is affecting our memories, like punctuating your day with as many different things. And I know now, especially in LA, like there's re- leaving the house is a daunting ask, but you know, even if you're, 
just getting to listening to some new music or just saying, you know what, I'm randomly going to look at this and play this album and just think about some or whatever. Or, you know, if you have the free time to do other things, I realize how much, especially over the break, I was losing like sense of days and things because at least I would, you know, when I'm recording, there's like, I, there's a rhythm to things. But when you sort of lose that, it's really easy to get completely sort of lost in the sauce, as it were. Mm. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? All right, I had to go here. Being the first to make a declaration, like whether we're talking about like a basketball <laughs> player, a work of art, or you know, just things in general. Um, you know, whether we're you know, I'm sure you guys see it on NBA Twitter or just Twitter in general or just social media in general. You know, folks are so quick, you know, like they want to be immediate about like, oh, this guy's a bust, or they want to crap all over a movie or a show that the masses are enjoying. That seems yeah. to be, you know, you kind of like <laughs> just where a lot of us are especially on social media. So really just, you know, I think being, what is overrated is specifically trying to be that guy or that person is more. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Throwing down the takes of like absolute immutable truth and being like, and there is no, there is no other opinion except yep. for this one. It's like, you are a fool. Cause there are no such thing as absolutes. Okay. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I appreciate a back and forth. I appreciate, like, I have no problem disagreeing and it coming to the conclusion that we both believe different things. It, it's exactly right. that, you know, that that meant that mentality of, uh, you know, like what I'm saying is right, what you're saying is wrong. Is wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm the greatest. You're not, or whatever. Yeah. I feel like normative judgments in general are like saying something is good or bad as opposed to just assuming from the start it's interesting and worth thinking and talking about. Uh, even when it comes to NBA stuff, like uh, every, every conversation on ESPN is like, no, he sucks. Like he doesn't deserve yeah. this. It's just like, yo, just enjoy that. These people are geniuses who are doing a right. thing better than anyone in the history of the human species has ever done it. And just like be, you know, talk about that and like, what's interesting about you know, what they're contributing to the art form as opposed to yeah. uh, just always having to be, I don't know, it's so frustrating it's to me. And that's how I conflict feel about just sells. Conflict, yeah. It's all yeah. conflict. It's, it's never so because boring. imagine you would have like really interesting conversations if people were just willing to be like, oh, that's interesting. And like, let's explore this rather than be like, man, what'd you say, Chuck? No, fuck yeah. that. Like, it's yeah. just this. Like, I get it. And that replicates like the banter of like friends. But I think for people, especially like if you're an old, you know, Hall of Famer doing some punditry, sometimes I'd appreciate a little more insight from your perspective of someone who can actually like talk to what is happening on the court versus looking salty as fuck like Shaq and Paul Pierce do. And I'm <sighs> like, what the fuck is wrong? Y'all are so inelegant. It's so fucked. It's like, that's the only word I can use to describe them. I'm so appalled sometimes. I'm like, this is so this is so rude and inelegant and just a disservice to your, well, more Shaq yeah, than Paul can, Pierce. What, Shaq can, has like but, really good takes when he's like talking about like really actually engaging with the, yeah, but he the thoughts and vacillates the conversation. And it, yeah. for, for whatever reason, he feels as though like, you know, praise is a zero sum game. Like, you know, we can't, you know, we, <laughs> Yo. we, we can't praise this current generation without taking away somehow, you know, what he has done. And this is coming from the biggest Shaq fan. I grew up in Los Angeles at, you know, during the 80s and 90s and yeah. obviously the aughts and, you know, and, and so on. I and like so Shaq forth. over Kobe. Yeah. That's one of the things I try to remind people of. Like, eventually, LA came around to Kobe, but initially it was like, okay, it was Shaq and the kid. 
It was Shaq. Okay, that kid is good. Exactly. (laughs) But for whatever his reason, you know, whatever his reasoning is, he feels as though he has to tear other folks down. And to be honest with you, and I know this is, you know, like your listeners are probably like, what the hell? This is not a sports podcast, but sorry, I'm going to go here. They know. It's it you, where you were going with it is exactly where it is. It is it is it does the game a disservice. You like right. when you have somebody like a luminary, you know, like you know the size and you know magnitude of Shaq, you know, actively shitting on the current product, or younger and not folks. not in a, you know not in a, not even in a productive way. Uh, you know, you know, j- just like saying like, oh, you know, if he doesn't do this, then he doesn't. It's like, come on, man, like seriously, like you're better than that. Right. You know, the, you know the product. You know, you could sell this product better than that, and you know, you know, maybe yeah. the ratings would have been wouldn't have been down so much last year. Right, right. It's 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 just it's it's awful. I don't understand. Yeah. For someone who is identifies as the big Aristotle, such illogical takes from him are really just run afoul for me. <laughs> and I think it's funny because it, it's you know, look at Kobe. He, mm-hmm. he when LeBron broke his shit, he was like, "Wow, good for you. Yeah. I know what that takes to do that, and I respect you as a fellow person on this journey called playing ball." Yeah. Uh, whereas like these other guys, it's just so salty and just takes a lot out of it. Whatever you hate, but I think it's also like TV. movies. Like a lot of times when we talk about a movie on here, it like the responses on Twitter will be like, "Yeah, that movie sucked" or "That movie's great," and it's like, I don't know. Like that's not that's not even like that was one of the main things we we had a show at Crack called After Hours, and like that was the one like rule that we had at the outset is like we're not talking about whether it's like good or bad. It's just like engaging with it as if it's an incredibly interesting piece of, you know, literature or art that is being, you know, studied like, like it's a college course. Um, I'm I'm certainly guilty of it at times, but it's definitely something that I'm looking to, you know, get rid of from, you know, from my game. Yeah. I think especially now too, because when we even when we were talking about Wonder Woman, right? Like I have energy to say shit sucks because that's it's fun and it's cathartic to kind of get your like it's like it really has nothing to do with a TV show. It's like some shit that happened to me, and I'm you know I didn't have therapy that day, so I'm gonna yell at Lori Loughlin. (laughs) Um, And like yes, in light of like all seeing just the criticism of like Wonder Woman and like the arguing about it, not that I have a side in it, but I look at it as such an energetic waste. That I'm like, yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, like you got to zoom out on shit and be like, these are just everybody's going to rock with a thing that they like. And yeah, you can say your two cents, but to say someone is wrong or right, I think it it's it's not actually acknowledging how we take things in. Like there are only a few things that are like objectively across the board bad. You're done, like you're stupid for fucking with it. Uh, right. That's puka shells and racism. But like other than that, you know, I don't know. But I think with I feel like just for me energetically, I'm like, yeah, I. It's just it's easier to just be like, oh, okay, that was cool. I wouldn't watch it again, and that's all the energy I will give that thing right. now. Moving yeah. on because life is too precious. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, and uh, we are mid Operation Warp Speed. You know, based on the title, I was I was expecting it to be just over. Like I, I was expecting blinking, you miss it, type shit from our government's <laughs> rollout of this vaccine. Um, but the administration was supposed to have 20 million doses administered by the end of 2020. Uh, they managed to get a little over four million. Uh, so that's that's not good. Um, no, slow. 
they yeah. they did the they crunched the numbers at that rate. I'm people sure I'm sure people saw that headline uh, like towards the end of the year at the rate they were at. They were saying, oh, this could take one decade to get everybody vaccinated at a at like to get the kind of uh, immunity numbers we need. By which so, point it, the disease would have you know mutated and not it. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's a and ran for president and won. And like, we don't need a vaccine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. The biggest reason there's this is going horribly is that Trump is fucking everything up. He's like not doing anything in the way of leadership and like not really being, you know, he's just completely controlling the narrative in such a way that it's, I don't know, like we don't, we don't have, like that's not what we're focused on because he's no. also trying to take down American democracy. And he's, he's, and it's one of those things where he's like, if he's not good at it, he spikes the football and leaves the yard. So right. if he can't get the, the, he couldn't get the pandemic under control, he's like, fuck it. And he's just clearly, you know, turned his back on doing anything of substance. So is this a matter of, uh, and, and forgive me, you know, I, I, I listen to Daily Zeitgeist in order to get this type of information <laughs> or these types, these types of, 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 of opinions. But is this a matter of like people just not having the information, people being continuing to be resistant to taking it, you know, kind of a combination it's, of a well, bunch of different things or? I think one of the biggest things is, you know, the administration, they're they're they've asked for the doses. And so the pharmaceutical companies are delivering it to the federal government. And the plan basically ended with them getting the vaccines to the states and really no, nothing more coherent, not even a schedule to do with that. And on top of it, funds are fucking so low uh, at the state level. Thank you. Well, CARES Act. Maybe, maybe we can mm. maybe pump some more money into there. Um and so a lot of things have not been working optimally. But the thing is, most of the states have actually been doing the work of setting up like the vaccine distribution protocols. The only issue is they were only given a couple days notice in some instances. So before that, that allotment of vaccines goes out, the states are like, wait, what? We're getting in three days? They're like, we thought we would get more time to figure sort out our ultra cold storage, like all this other stuff, what parts we're going to distribute it, how we're going to do that, who the professionals are like, we you can't just tell us in two days, like, oh, we're pulling up in 48 hours with, you know, X amount of doses. And that has really caused a huge, you know, uh, I guess, you know, car crash, so to speak, of, you know, the logistical nightmare nightmare that we're seeing in terms of getting it right. out there to people. So it's just it's just bad. It's all around bad. And in other words, like we're just seeing that we don't have our shit together at any point, because for decades, Republicans, conservatives, even Democrats too, this whole thing of gutting our federal government, uh, because you know, that's just, it's, it's, I think it's obviously when you have a government like that, that can do things and regulate things, that means it can regulate greed. And as we've seen, get the regulations out, stop to get the federal government out of my thing. I don't want the nanny state, but we're seeing when it comes to something like getting vaccines to the country, we need an organized federal infrastructure to get to that point. And the other thing that I think is really telling, if we can't get our shit together to get vaccines out, like literally just like get vaccines to people, how the fuck are we going to take something on like climate change? You know, this right. is what's really disheartening to see. This is literally just talking about we can't even get people free money on time. How the right. fuck are we going to get our shit together to create a new energy grid to get renewables through to like uh, these areas that we need them to, uh, to pivot to like zero emissions energy sources in a quick amount of time. Like there's a lot that has to be done. And I think we, there's the signals a lot more about like where we're at, um, across the board. 
And I mean, it's following decades of culture that was I like the ideological content of our culture from the 80s on has been like glorifying individualism. And like you, there's no movies that show like a great job being done by bureaucracy like the Right. The, the bureaucrats are the villains and Ghostbusters and basically everything from there forward. Like that's that from a cultural perspective, like these are the things that have, you know, that the New Deal is like the, the biggest success of Amer- in American history and modern American history. And was we just kind of ignored it and took it for granted. And like culturally, it is just a thing that nobody has like kind of spoken up for or made a case for in decades and then so it's not surprising that the republicans are able to just like strip it for parts until now yeah we can't deliver a life-saving vaccine and i do think the messaging that's going out is about like yeah but people aren't taking it or people are scared of it but it's really it's this you know the fact that all the states are on their own to like figure it out on their own that's not how it is yeah. in any other country like that's, that's i mean yeah at least this time around the federal government doesn't have states fighting each other over vaccines right. uh like before when the federal government was like also in bidding wars for medical equipment at the beginning but yeah it's I, who, who knows uh where this ends up but you it's <laughs> you know the the 20th can't come soon enough but even then i don't know like what the, an administration is stepping into and what the real ability is going to be to, to speed this up at all yeah. What one thing I think they're going to be stepping into is sudden a sudden resurgence in calls for austerity uh from Republicans after after Trump, you know, w- was oh, free course. to spend as much money as as he wanted on all things. Now, I th- I think there's going to be some uh, a huge amount of pushback. I, you're already seeing it in stories uh yesterday when, you know, we as of right now we don't know what happened in the Georgia election. Last night, the stories about like how um, Wall Street is spooked by the possibility of a, a democratic control of all the different branches uh, because that would cause um, inflation to be out of control. Like the, it's just it's only a problem when it's trying to help people when it's you know driving up the national deficit because of tax cuts for corporations. Nobody gives a shit, but. Uh, Suddenly, the idea that, you know, Democrats would be in charge of everything and giving breaks to the people of the country is is a huge problem. But Joe Biden at least is saying that he's on board for the two thousand dollar checks, right? Joe Biden? Yeah. The austerity king of the (laughs) 80s, 90s, and aughts? Oh, my God. Joe Biden? Really? I mean, you know, we, we, I don't know. Look, he... If you look at his record, he's he's the austerity. He loves austerity. My man is so austere with it. Uh, he's tried to fucking freeze spending to everything you can that would help people who need it. Medicare, Medicaid, vet benefits, fucking Social Security. And he's even said that shit with like a, with his chest out. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I tried to freeze it. I've tried to do it multiple times. And a lot of people... I think because Bernie Sanders and a lot of other people during the primary were pointing to this about being like, yo, this guy is a fake ass human like he's not he's not actually like everything that he preaches is completely different than his record and people are saying well it was a long time ago and he was with obama who also tried to make some social security cuts but anyway all that to say 
you look at him and you say, okay, I, I can see that Joe Biden is possibly for checks, maybe against them. Um, and there was this huge thing that a lot of people were pointing to that saying like, I th- we think he might be actually against these checks. Now, he says he denies that he's against checks. He never said, I'm not against checks. But at the end of December or the beginning of December, he was pressuring Democrats to accept a relief bill that did not have checks. Um, mm. So I don't know how to square that because he clearly wasn't saying like, no, these people need it. He was like, no, go for that. Go for that. Go for that. Mm. Do either of you ever see any outcome of this that, you know, any that anything ever changes? Like specifically, if there's not actually a third party that has a legitimate shot to, you know, like take a, you know, take a big election. Is there ever really going to be anything you know that changes with these folks? The, re- the reason why I say that is they present like it's Bloods and Crips, but they all go home to the same. Fi- they all go, you know, go oh, home yeah, to the same yeah. party after you know at the end of the day when the light when the they all have the same on. rag on underneath the rag. Same one. It's, it's, it's <laughs> all purple I mean? underneath. Right. It's like yeah, it's purple. <laughs> no, I I honestly don't. Um, I mean, until you have things, even before that, you have to get p- corporate money out of politics. That's the biggest thing. If if corporate interests have an outsized uh, influence in elections, like more so in that they can spend people into oblivion or spend them into office. That is, that's one perversion that we'd have to let go of. But yeah, also we do need parties that actually represent what people are saying they want and need because yeah, it is very much same sides of the, the, you know, the, the same token essentially of, uh, you know, keeping this corporatocracy in place and making sure that, you know, like, yeah, people will get what they need, but also don't take too big a bite out of Wall Street's ass because, you know, that's a thing. Just like Jack's saying, like, they'll put they'll put headlines out and now people are like, oh, what's Wall Street saying? As if we give a fuck, Who cares? you know, right. like that doesn't affect most people's day to day lives. And but many people have been tricked into the spectacle of like looking at the Dow charts and be like, Oh God, I don't know. Because either way, the person I work for is a greedy fucking ghoul who gives a, could give a fuck less about me. So yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to think of how to make things better. But as I was saying, like, I just feel like this, the talk of third parties should, I hopefully grows, uh, as this year goes on and people, um, you know, I don't, I would be surprised if Joe Biden actually gives Props to the progressive wing and the activists who helped, you know, get him into office. Mm, but I don't know. Yeah. My my one hope is that as the older white males who have run things for the past 20 uh, years sort of slowly die off, uh, that, you know, the younger people who are, you know, markedly socialist uh, compared to any past generation uh, kind of takes over that. You know, if they just need to figure out how to take over because it's, uh, you know, we're being blocked out by right. uh, the previous generation right now. But and it, but I do yeah. think it's like culturally it's coming. Like people are understand are starting to understand like this is fucking bullshit. Well, um, when you have a generation that only has about four and a half percent of the wealth. Yeah. Yeah. That's an entire generation going like, oh, well, fuck all this. Yeah. Like not working for me or anyone I know. So what the fuck is this all about? And yeah. I mean, just back to Joe Biden, Joe Biden. Um, now he's saying he's loving two thousand dollar checks. And but, you know, it's really because he's campaigning for Ossoff and Warnock down in Georgia. And he's basically telling people of America, you know, you can have a little stimmy as a treat if you deliver me the Senate. Uh, yeah. It's sort of like the you know, he's he's he, the one of the things he said, he goes, think about what it will mean for your lives. 
uh, about the $2,000 checks, putting food on the table, paying rent, paying down your mortgage, pay down the credit card, paying the phone bill, the gas bill, the electric bill. How about you make that shit easier to afford for fucking people (laughs) rather than reversing it? Imagine that. You vote for me, you get a check to do that because I'm surely not going to ensure these outcomes for you. What the fuck? That's why it's just so like gross and I'm, I become more and more cynical looking at this shit because like we're truly, you know, there's a, there are there are politicians who are like even on the right who are like, we have to give people money. Like no matter how which way you look at this, you this is not going to work um, yet. Didn't, just didn't Lindsey Graham come out and like say a, that? Yeah. yeah. It's not socialism. Like, That's what he said. It's not socialism. <laughs> Don't worry. It's not socialism. Like, Jeez. oh, my God. And yeah, how good and that this, food's going to taste, Jack. Think about yeah, that. Oh my God. Think about but maybe some beans, some some chicken, some some rice. Just go to Joel three three zero, huh? <laughs> and, and eat. <laughs> what? Yeah, and I mean, again, this a lot of this two thousand dollar check talk, you know, came out of Bernie forcing the issue in the Senate and brought a lot more attention to it. And I think now that it's like people are like, oh right, uh, you know, the people of the country, are like, yeah, that seems fair for a start, given that all we got was. Um, you know, and we're in a country that for all this shit talking and knowing there's so much wealth here, we can't bring ourselves just to switch it up to humane mode and tax wealthy people rather than get off a profit at all costs mode. Cause that's, we're stuck on that. I once thought that the great, uh, you know, the, the old adage, the greatest, you know, greatest trick the devil ever pulled. I once thought our greatest trick was convincing the world that we were great. It really was convincing us that we were yeah, great and to yeah. vote against our interests and to you yep. know completely go you know uh, act in in opposition to everything you know that would actually benefit us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and packaging it in a way that it tastes like poison to us to accept help. That's yes. right. The fucking yeah. that's the unfortunately the evil genius of that rhetoric is that it's forced people like and you see. They get so close. We always talk about this when like right wing business owners are like, what the heck, man? Like, I can't I can't not work. Then I'm making no money and the government's not doing anything about it. The thing they can do is to fucking give you money to subsidize all of that lost business and your wages because they are taxing you. And yet you're like, well, I don't need that shit. Come on, fam. You're giving them the money already. Get that shit back. We were built on a slave economy, and we remain on a slave yeah. economy. Stay not, on, you know, stay on. Not that being show. hyperbolic. No, one hundred percent. Let's talk about uh, vaccine fuckery real quick. Um, there's a couple. Well, first of all, we saw the results of some of the conspiracy theorizing theorizing uh, in Wisconsin, where a yeah. pharmacist uh, intentionally spoiled 580 vaccine doses uh, because he wanted to protect people from Bill Gates. And having their DNA altered. Mm-hmm. He's coming from a good place. Coming yeah. from a good place. I care. I'm I'm here to save these kids. P- yep. Comet Pizza. It's all the same thing. I'm here to save these people. <laughs> when they when they arrested him, he just was like, "Yeah, I'm going through a divorce, and uh, I'm like really stressed <laughs> out, and I'm kind of like angry or whatever." And they're like, "Oh, okay." Uh, and come to find out. His wife was ringing alarm bells back in June when she began divorce proceedings. Uh, oh. And like in one of the things filed, the lawyer saying, my understanding is that the respondent is more aligned with the feeling of conspiracy theories. He has theories about COVID-19. He believes the end of the world is coming. So my client would like him to be out of the house. Sure. And he brought a gun to work twice. 
because he was convinced of some bullshit going down. And again, people were just on there like, oh, well, he's a fighter. I don't know. Da, 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 da. So this man is on some conspiracy shit. He has guns. His wife is like, yo, I'm alarmed by his his behavior. So this is what we will also call a terrorist, just like 5G RV John Brown, who was pulling up in, what was that, ten, Tennessee? Yeah, um, Nashville. Blew up Nashville. Downtown Nashville. Yeah. And barely- whose, part, whose partner also said, they had that their significant other had violent tendencies and were saying some off shit about whatever whatever was going on. It's like, man, we got oh, so much of this shit is right in front of us, but we're not we're not adjusting our lenses, or our vocabulary to 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 describe them as they are. My man essentially went like Snickers commercial, like, oh man, you know, I was having a rough one, and just <laughs> yeah. like. You know, it just made, just made, I, I, I potentially committed like, you know, 260 acts of murder, you know, by getting right. rid of these. You know, my goodness. The commercial would be like Bin Laden and then he takes a Snickers bar bite <laughs> and he's back to the pharmacist. He's like, oh, I'm sorry about that, y'all. I mean, but yeah, think of, they're saying that the doses like, or whatever, they're attaching like a monetary value to it to be like, oh, you know, this is like what you did. But like, let's be real. Those are doses for frontline workers, essential yeah, workers who lives. are not- that's not just eight grand or 12 grand. That's the potential for true loss of life. And I mean, God damn, you'd think if you work at a pharmacy, there would be a line to be like, yo, if uh, your coworkers on some conspiracy bullshit, hit us up because we can't have them in charge of, you know, have handling vaccines. Yeah. I feel like there is, we, we've been, there, there's been such an explosion of these ideas that are like incredibly dangerous terroristic ideas about, but but they're just everywhere to the point that you know we just have been like, yeah, he's another one of those anti-vaxxer types, and it's just like, yo, that that it's is a fine not line to be taken lightly. Yeah. I mean, in this conspiracy theory shit, it has broad appeal, y'all. It has broad fucking appeal. I see it in former colleagues, fucking classmates, people you are like, oh, hell, they aren't on that shit. They, some people are and can be because you don't know what, you know, conspiracy theories are very attractive because it's a way to explain away our lack of power or lack of control. And it's much easier to assign it to this other spooky thing than to just look at the devil in its eye and be like... This is what it is. But yeah, I mean, all that to say is we you you can't you can't be dismissive. Not to say every person who's believing conspiracy theories like is on their way to th- to doing something fucked up, but uh we're seeing a tremendous overlap on that thinking and the propensity to commit these kinds of acts. And it's yeah, it's 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 really it's really freaky. To your point about the broad appeal of conspiracy theories, it, you know, like I, I have these conversations all the time with, you know, friends, family, you know, I have, I have a cousin, you know, like many of us do. I have a cousin's group, you know, a group chat where folks were sharing some of those, you know, some of those ideas. And I'm like, where did you even get this from? And of course, it came from some other IG user or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But that's actually part of the reason why And I, I was hesitant at first because I was like, well, you know, just given how everybody reacts on social media. But ultimately, that's part of the reason why I acknowledge that I went ahead and got, you know, like I, I've already gotten my first my first dose. Um, oh, I'm, nice. I've, you know, two, two more weeks and, and and I'll have, you know, I'll have my second dose. But mainly be, in order to like if there's anybody out there that was specifically waiting to see like, oh, did anything happen? No, nothing happened. I feel fine. I, you know, for those folks that are out there worried about autoimmune you know, disorders, I current I have an autoimmune disorder. 
I have all, I have asthma. I have all types of different things. You know, like you know, that would cause concern. And I have no problems whatsoever. I'm very grateful for the, you know the, you know that I was you know, in that select right room, you know, initially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I even see like uh, like I have a few friends who work in healthcare. I mean, they're all. I'm always at. I'm like, yo, what's it like? Oh, cool. It's like someone got a PS5 now. I'm like, oh, right. Oh, you got the. Did it hurt? Oh, cool. When's the next it's one? It's like a flu shot. Oh, man. Yeah, yes. exactly. But I think, yeah. you know, uh, for whatever reason, and I get it. I think every everyone understands the hesitancy, especially, you know, whether it's cultural, the, your own people's culture with medical experimentation in this country, or what you know this administration to be with a lack of care for humans. I get that there are many reasons to be like, mm, but that's really like, if you're really breaking it down, there's no reason to think th- that there's anything afoot like that there's something menacing about trying to develop a vaccine, which we're all seeing the effects of this virus when it just is it's a runaway pandemic situation. So, it's, yes, we this is what we're these are solutions we're trying to figure out. Through and what I what I was trying to get across to like, you know, the folks that really were, you know, oh, you know, this Trump thing. It's not like Trump was sitting there in the lab with a beaker, you know, in, in a <laughs> microscope, you know, like you know, it. Come on, man. I know. <laughs> nothing to do with this shit. Nothing. He had yeah. nothing. He's just pr- uh, retroactively trying to take credit for people. He can't who, even spell that shit. Yeah. Although I would pay money to see him in a, like, mixing, like, an Erlenmeyer flask <laughs> and, like, a beaker, like, just pouring one back and forth. <laughs> if I was a scientist, I'd be like, yeah, Mr. President, just uh, keep putting those liquids back and forth into between those two vials. And then uh, his idea was if the vaccine ended up being putting uh, sunlight in inside your body somehow, that that mm-hmm. would have been something to uh, associate with those him and to be spe- skeptical. Bill of. Gates, Bill Gates, LED uh, diodes. So mm-hmm. JM, our writer, did a deep dive into just kind of what is being put out there in the conspiracy corners. Um, it's a lot, a lot of it goes back to Bill Gates, who apparently, uh, cracked this amazing new technology where you can put microchips inside people in just tiny little shots. Uh, and you wouldn't feel it just rip your veins up as it flies through. (laughs) He couldn't figure out windows Vista, but he has figured out uh, how to, how to, uh, put, Little microchips in you that uh, allegedly will talk to you. They have like volume controls and uh, treble and bass controls. Uh, I, I that, wonder if you actually... could ask an anti-vaxxer who's on this microchip shit. I'm like, have you ever passed a kidney stone? <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever passed a kidney stone? Do you know that sensation of something? You're like, I think this thing is ripping my body up from the inside. And it comes out and you're like, what the fuck? It was that big? And- yeah. That just goes, and you think they're putting motherfucking microchips in you and you wouldn't know that shit or just, I can't, I just want to walk people down the path, but you know, it is what it is. All in the name of denying white supremacy, essentially. Exactly. Experts are pointing out that, uh, a, the technology doesn't exist and B, anyone who owns a cell phone's already being tracked. Uh, so (laughs) no, absolutely no need, uh, to do, to do any of that. Um, but you know, they they also think the microchip contains the mark of the beast. There was that video on TikTok that was viewed like a million times. Um, and right now, uh, COVID-19 5G chip diagram is going viral. Uh, it's a diagram of an actual microchip, uh, and people are claiming it's the one that's being put into people's body. 
Yeah. Uh, it's actually for the Bose Metal Zone M2 MT2 guitar pedal is where is where uh, they pulled this from. Boss, boss. Yeah. Shout out boss? to Boss Pedals to all my boss. Be like, like you're the boss. You know, oh, pay the right, boss, right. Not, not Bose. Bose. You know? yeah, has yeah. has anyone ever explained why Bill Gates would want to track, let's just say, random Bartholomew in sick. Kentucky? Like he's what, sick and he wants what, to jack why, off why to would, know where you're at. <laughs> I, I, I he's a sick fuck. <laughs> just jacking <laughs> off to your location. <laughs> oh, he's jacking oh, off to it. I'm trying to think fun. how you would get someone mad, right? How would yeah. you get a stupid person mad about Bill Gates knowing where you are? You'd right. be like, because let's let's do a quick scene. Hey, you know, so uh, they get what he wants to do is put a microchip in you so he can track you. Okay. <laughs> but what? So okay, what I, does he want to do? Why, why, why do See, I care? Dude, if he knows where you are, he can control you, okay? And then you, and then but he's basically f- going to jack, no, hold on, he's going to jack off to knowing where you are. That's what I meant to say. He will jack off knowing where you are, Jack, okay? <laughs> that's what's sick, and that's what we have to stop is Bill Gates getting off to knowing where we are. I don't know what, I don't know how else to game it out to make it be like, I don't know, okay. Uh, well, first of all, my really... phone already tells a lot of people where I am if they if they wanted to know. Yeah, and we second worry about of all, Tim my Cook. OnlyFans, which I control through my uh, phone, allows people to jack off to my location. So I, oh, okay. I got to be honest with you, while sense. it's never quite been my kink, part of me would be kind of flattered if Bill Gates wanted to jack off. To Hell my yeah. Yeah. Gonna be absolutely. Like, I would be like, not for free, Bill Gates. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you will not know my latitudinal and longitudinal coordinates. <laughs> without into J.O. to that without Quite a little check, honey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what the f- I don't know. I mean, because I guess the end game is, right? Because the other thing is like the, with the volume control could fry out your immune system and like be a kill switch on someone's body or like the bass and treble thing. It's like, these are such clear audio terms that that was like to help, you know, the the power of the chip and what messages they could get to you. So, okay, in this world where a microchip where Bill Gates can talk to you or kill switch you at a moment's notice, like some fucked up Thanos, uh, what is the next step? Then he, he puts everybody on drone mode, and then what? He makes everybody have sex so he could watch them have sex and laugh? Yeah. We, that's we've what I'm really thinking. That's my version, worst fear. We've created a version of Bill, Bill Gates that's really into watching. He's like a real voyeur. Uh, yeah, where he just I, wants to watch people <laughs> fuck. He doesn't want them to fuck him. He just wants to watch them. Uh, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, and again, this whole, like, even the tweet that had this fucking schematic was all born out of these people saying, like, oh, Russia pulled the chip out and they've got a diagram. Like, the <laughs> the language around it didn't even make sense. Like, what do you mean? They're saying the Russians, quote, the Russians have managed to remove the nano chips from the Pfizer vaccine and have published a function diagram. OK, mm-hmm. this is called a schematic, I believe. Sounds smart, though. But then how do smart people look at this shit and go, man, this ain't it. They don't. But I still fuck with the idea. <laughs> they you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's yeah. got to be an engineer who looks at that and goes, this is nothing to do with anything. But right. I've I damn sure not going to say black lives matter. So I'm going to be on this cope with this pandemic <laughs> right. shit. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you hate I to see it, right. but I mean, I guess again, it's your you'll twist your brain in any manner of ways to just maintain your worldview and like the control over that worldview. So yeah, even if you are looking at a straight up boss fucking heavy metal guitar pedal, you're gonna act like the Russians are trying to keep everybody safe from Bill Gates's you know 
propensity of I don't know, jacking you, you, you get people. you guys have discussed it on the show. Uh, the, the the reality is this: when you have folks that are on their deathbed with a ventilator, yeah. dying of COVID, saying no with their with their last death rattle, no, it's not true. I mean, yeah, how can you yeah, have that conversation? Pandemic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can't uh, anymore. Could you imagine someone on their deathbed? They're like, ah, nice try. I'm not gonna fall. There was a dude in Michigan who was, he was a COVID denier. Then he eventually, as it was killing him with his dying breath, admitted that COVID existed, but was still like Trump 2020. So, motherfucker. Uh, didn't, didn't get all the way through. See, I mean, I know it's everywhere. And by everywhere, it, I'm not talking about COVID. I just mean like everything we've got going on. But growing up in Southern California and then moving to the desert, I, I live in Tucson now. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the level of discourse or just like the conversations that take place make me re- truly, truly realize we are not, <laughs> we are not the normal, like that. They are the normal. It, 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 it apparently mm. that is the case because I, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even c- come up with it, you know, f- from a story perspective, some of the things that are said to me, yeah. like it, mm-hmm. it, it's just, yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. I think it's in uh, everything coupled with the chaos that the pandemic has caused. It just makes it just the perfect fertile soil for shit like that, for shit like this to take, because it's unlike anything we've experienced, right? To feel like, what the fuck? We're shutting everything down, man. That just creates a whole people have too much time and too much internet to not get to the bottom of why everything is so shitty right now. And until they find like some people have found the satisfying act answer in uh, just observing the government and how capitalism moves through this country and how the decisions are being made and others prefer this other thing um, because that other shit is just too it's I don't know, for whatever reason, it's a sexier version or one that just gives makes them feel more in control. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. All right. Let's take another quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. The president was back in front of his audience dancing to YMCA. uh, And he introduced Kelly Leffler as Karen. Accidentally. I detect no lies there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The first true thing he said in his presidency (laughs) Uh, he also said, uh, introduced the Q Congress lady uh, as someone he loves, uh, even though Q is a legit terrorist organization. Uh, and then his son was uh, evidently high on cocaine and just shouting uh, at people. There's not, yeah. not a whole lot to cover down there, right? No, I mean, it's just a lot of it's just screaming. You know, we yeah. we covered the the good the good scream. Uh <laughs> Then he did a really awesome uh, open mic bit on like a men and a women because they the when the Congress like was sworn in they said a men and then a women and he's like what the fuck is this mm. a men is not a gendered term I don't go here I'm just gonna play this okay so uh, the new Lewis Black <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. took the mic just screaming about this a men and a women thing he's I'm not joking. Prior to this is 90 seconds of him just saying, I can't believe Democrats in about 600 different ways. Uh, be- when you can find the strength to do that when you're, you know, sniffing the devil's dandruff, uh, allegedly. But let's, this is the part where he's, his joke construction just is hitting. Can't try 
They're not even a parody of themselves at this point. It's insane. Amen is not a gendered term. Okay? If I go to a restaurant and I ask to see what's on the woo menu... They would look at me. That was a seven second pause. <laughs> I, it, feels, it feels like their audiences are tired of this. Like, I, right. I'm sure yeah. you noticed the difference. Yeah, that was not a. The, the stadiums, you, let's just say the stadiums used to be packed. Now all of a sudden it's like, huh, okay, that's great though. <laughs> yeah. And also they're like, that joke's kind of over my head. They're like, what does gendered term mean? That's true. You know, like I don't. And so I think he, he was overestimating his audience, I think a little bit there. Cause he was like, it killed in the room with like these other wonks that I deal with every day. But I guess not so much with the, <laughs> the crowd down here in Georgia. Steven but Miller yeah. literally pissed his pants when I said that. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about just generally, uh, pe- people are not into living in cities as much as they used to be, uh, which isn't surprising, but Gallup is, uh, has been doing some polling and this is the biggest dip in people who are interested in living in urban areas since, uh, right after nine 11. <laughs> pretty significant they're like yeah the last time we saw a dip like this uh people were literally living in fear of like densely populated areas uh because and i'm like oh wow now we're in a similar place uh you know the swing is pretty significant and uh, you know who could blame anybody the especially in cities where the cost of living is so high and like the economy essentially ground to a halt like I would have a lot of people being like, what is important anymore? Like, I get that the city has cool things, but like, it's not, is it worth the toil to like exist within it? Um, And they're noticing that the biggest increases in their preferences for rural areas was from Republicans, those who live in the Hmm. South and non-white Americans, which is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like Republicans want to leave the cities because they're too woke, maybe. And like they're outnumbered in urban areas, so they'd prefer to be in the spaces where other people can't check them. Um, and then for I'm guessing for people of color, it's that like the cost of living, like it makes more sense to move there. There's there's less violence. There's just the the environments that you're escaping are are different. But and the that's the toll an, of, of COVID on absolutely uh, populations of color. Like that's they've been hit much, much harder. Um so I'm sure. But I wonder how surprised they'd too. be when they see each other in the same place. Like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would you would think that honestly, the folks that you know, the conservatives that are moving away, like you know, white flight has been a thing for a long time. It's not like hey, look, you, you can go where you want. Sooner or later, we are gonna come see you. <laughs> sooner, yeah, exactly. sooner or later, you it gonna, comes you back know, around every time. You gonna have yeah. you, you may be moving away from us, but you're moving closer to some of us. You know, yeah, like, yeah right, right. <laughs> but, but but on a serious note, how will this impact like? Are there long-term impacts in, from a voting perspective you know, if this continues to trend that way? Well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'd sure imagine yeah. more more urbanites moving to these other areas will definitely change, you know, the demographics there. And I mean, like, you know, there's people constantly talking about, like, exporting Californians to, like, all over the country because, like, too many, too many people here is too expensive. Why don't we start subsidizing? Like, why don't we just start seeding, like, libs? across the land uh and seeing what happens there but i mean i I think the movement of 
uh, people from urban areas to cities. I, it could all depend because it, it you never know if you have the kinds of conservatives who are leaving cities and going into urban areas or people who are still progressive or liberal and moving. But there's also I think any any movement. No, I'm just saying in general, any movement, I think will have uh, have some kind of effect. But I think I don't know if we'll we'll be able to see that quite yet. There's a weird trend also where it's more likely if you have a a bunch of population like moving to a new area that they will that the new people will uh change their demographic or change their points of view than it is that they will change the point of view of the place they're going like there's just all these weird ways that um geographic locations like retain the ideological bent of like the people who initially settled it in a way that's like super counterintuitive um mm. So like that, that would be my one uh, concern there is that rather than uh, exporting Californian values, you're just, you know, may maybe not the first generation of people who move out to the country, but like their kids are going to school with all the, the country right, right, folk right. and uh, it eventually goes the other way. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I wouldn't mind... LA being perpetually like it is on like holiday weekends traffic wise, but that's very selfish. And, yeah. Uh, well, either way, I'd, as long as there's good weed, I could live anywhere. There we are. <laughs> that's all. I uh, let's talk real quick about uh, what I think everybody's ready for us to address. Uh, Mr. Bean. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, I think, like, is there a chance that he thought the Bean Dad thing was about him and got because he <laughs> he released this interview where he was like very uh, defensive about cancel culture, um, comparing it to a medieval mob searching for people to burn. It's interesting that it's always elderly white men who seem to have a problem Absolutely. with the the course correction we're undergoing because um, that's the course correction. <laughs> but the the interview is so. It's um remarkable for in addition to that, just how uh, unhappy he seems. He's like so mad about Miss like the character Mister Bean. Uh, he says, "I don't much enjoy playing him. The weight of the responsibility is not pleasant. The like the weight of the fucking world is on his shoulders when he's playing Mister Bean. I find it oh, stressful wow. and exhausting, and I look forward to the end of it." Uh, I don't actually like okay, the process Rowan. of making anything with the possible exception of Black Black Adder because the responsibility for making that series funny was on many shoulders, not just mine, but Black Adder represented the creative oh. energy. Uh, yeah. So otherwise- Shout out to the crew. Yeah. <laughs> he's also the face of the Johnny English uh, film franchise. So, you know- just, Oh God, I forgot about that. What a, what a hero. Uh, thank you for your service, Mr. Bean. Um, yeah. <laughs> who who would have thought in 2021 we needed to, we needed his take on you know pro, you know, progressive ideology? Only him, literally only I, him. I mean, and and we can catch him next in his Netflix series, Man versus Bee, where he plays a man at war with a bee while house sitting a luxurious mansion. Thank you, Rowan Atkinson, so much. It's not Wait, a is, he, is that an actual movie? That he's working yes, on? Yes, this is, yes, this is some shit he's coming out on Netflix. It's literally the next thing coming out with Rowan Atkinson is called Man vs. Bee. I'm and he's out positive. here being like, the weight of Mr. Bean. I'm like, motherfucker, you in Man vs. Bee. 
Yeah. Like be th- be grateful we remember you from Mr. Bean. Yeah. Be grateful, man. Yeah. Woman versus B. Uh that's what he's probably gonna say. And they'll probably cancel me because it's called Man versus B. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. That's uh it's funny because he points to like this overly simplistic worldview that comes out of social media, yet he's applying a very overly simplistic worldview as well. Shame that. Oh, of course. Really, yeah. all of this shame I mean, that. Hit dogs holler. Like we know this. Yeah. Like and, and like you know to to the point that you know that you made, Jack. That's why it's always the same person. Like it, you know, yes, they're you know, whether it's James Woods or Rowan Atkinson or or, or or whatever. You know, it 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 bothers them specifically because they're not able to just be racist pricks and douchebags and misogynist assholes like they yeah. always have been. It's it's, it's really it really is that simple. It's wild that that's their version of being hit is not is their racism and just obliviousness well, not being yeah. tolerated anymore. Is, is yeah. they're, they're like, like what's happening there. to my world? I used to yeah. just have to show up and be a white man, and everything <laughs> would fall into my laps. Now there's like accountability. Oh hell no! This mob <laughs> will not come for me and my laziness. Mm. Uh, mm. Well, Jabari, it has been a pleasure having you. Uh, where can people find you and follow you and hear you and all that good stuff? Thank you both. Honestly, like I, I meant it when I said earlier, it's an honor to be here as a member of Zeit Gang. Thank you. Uh, Twitter's probably the easiest place. Uh, Jabari Davis NBA. Uh, the show that I do is Dunks and Discourse. We talk NBA, of course, uh, but we you know we get into movie and movies, TV shows, and entertainment, and you know sometimes some topical things as well. We, we're not trying to enter your space, but every so often we dip a toe in there. <laughs> But uh, thank you. Watch for it. Hey, watch it, man. Uh, and is there a tweet <laughs> or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? There is. And I actually saved it. Let's see. It's from at Shiro Hero 666. I'm sure you yeah, know yeah. her. Oh, uh-huh. I heard of her. It, yeah, maybe once or twice. If you sincerely. There you go. If you sincerely choose to sort by price, high to low, jail. And honestly, <laughs> while I'm guilty of it at times, specifically because I want to see how the other, you know, 2% li- you know, live, uh, yeah, I-, I have to agree. I have to yeah. agree. Oh, man. That's a uh, flex. Miles, where do yeah. people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Miles of Gray, and also on my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, talking 90 Day Fiance, and probably uh, Will You Accept This Rose uh, this week, too. Talking about the new season of The Bachelor, Matt James. Everybody's loving him. Uh, let's see. A tweet that I like is from Steve Hernandez at Big Hern. He's tweeting, it is so tragically funny to me that all the people who think COVID is a hoax believe in God. <laughs> and that cut deep from the former pastor himself, Steve Hernandez. Mm. Mm. A couple tweets I've been enjoying uh nicole he tweeted imagine if to increase appreciation for olympic athletes before each sport they showed an average person attempt to perform the sport randomly selected like in jury duty i want that uh to happen and then uh jesus was a juggalo tweeted love that there's like 20 separate photos of liam neeson pissing himself in public and they're (laughs) literally they just included like four He's just standing casually around, just having pissed himself in so many pictures, uh, looking very drunk. So you know that might be wow. tied to it, but that's that's wild. Um, and then huh. James Hamblin tweeted, "Lots of people are feeling unproductive. 
if you didn't infect anyone today, you were productive. And I thought that was a good thought. Uh, to leave y'all with, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song We Ride Out on Miles. What are we riding into Tuesday upon? Or what are we riding into Wednesday upon? This is a track from Aquarian Dream, and it is just, uh, you know, this is like, like a band that I would hear through like sample packs. Like if you should, you know, download these weird things that producers would put together, like stuff you could kind of sample. Um, and it's got that good 70s vibe. I feel like I'm in like, I don't know, I, more and more I feel like Desmond in the like the fucking... What's that thing? And lost when he's down in the fucking bunker and shit, and yeah. he's got to like play the same records and like put his fake sunlight on and work out to like make feel like the world's going around. This kind of has that like Desmond in the bunker music vibe to it, mm. which I'm really loving. Even though that, I believe that song was an original composition for the show, but it just has good throwbacky vibes and it's a little upbeat and it's got some funk to it. So make your big toe shoot up in your boot a little bit. So put that one on Aquarian mm. Dream. Do you realize? All right, we are going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.